Hello, everyone, uh, and a very warm welcome to this Twitter Space event. I'll be your moderator today. My name is Margaret Myers. I'm a fellow of Wilson Center's Latin American program and director of the Asian program at the Inter-American Dialogue. We are very fortunate to be joined here by three experts and fellow Wilson Center colleagues to consider the outcomes of U.S. Secretary of State's Antony Blinken's trip to South America, specifically to Colombia, Chile, and yesterday, Peru, uh, where Blinken also led the U.S. delegation to the General Assembly of the Nation of American States. Uh, this trip has, of course, taken place amid some dramatic shifts in the political landscape in the region uh, at a moment of growing distrust or disillusionment with democratic processes uh, that's evident um, um, across much of the world. Um, and also as China continues to build on its already well-established economic relations throughout the Americas. And so, uh, you know, certainly this is an interesting moment for the U.S. as it seeks to advance some of the outcomes from the Los Angeles Summit of the Americas and also some of the principles historically upheld in U.S. policy toward the region. Also of interest, of course, is how U.S. relations with all three of the countries that Blinken visited Colombia, Chile, and Peru will evolve uh, since the recent election of new presidents in all three over just the past year, and indeed most recently in the case of Colombia. So to help us understand how things went, how they are likely to go looking ahead, um, we welcome, first of all, Cindy Arnson, who is a distinguished fellow and the former director of the Wilson Center's Latin American program. Uh, Cynthia Sanborn, based in Peru currently, who is a former fellow at the Wilson Center's Latin American program and also a professor of political science at the Universidad de Pacifico Center for China and Asia Pacific Studies. And then finally, uh, Francisco Ordinez, uh, who is a current fellow at the Wilson Center's Latin American program and an associate professor of political science at the Pontificia Universidad Católica de Chile. So let's now turn without further delay to the topic at hand and first to, to Cindy Arnson. Thanks very much, Margaret, uh, and thanks everybody for joining. Um, I think the the Blinken's trip to Colombia was notable um, in on the U.S. side for the continuation of a really, really strenuous effort on the part of the Biden administration uh, to continue the strong partnership um, and, and strategic alliance that the United States has had with Colombia um, over the last 22 years. Um, and if you look at all of the statements before the trip and what um, Secretary Blinken said while he was there, including during the joint press conference with Gustavo Petro, you'd be hard-pressed to find any light between or any daylight between um, Secretary Blinken and Colombian officials um, in any of these announcements. There was a strong and repeated emphasis on shared priorities in the region, on democracy, on implementing the peace accord, um, including the um, uh, socioeconomic inclusion of Afro-Colombian and indigenous communities. There was an announcement of a new initiative to support Vice President Francia Marquez in that effort, um, addressing migration, Venezuela, um, has exported um, over 6 million immigrants or migrants to the rest of the world. Colombia hosts about 2.5 million of those. So there was a large emphasis, including a visit to um, a migration center. And then, you know, of course, counter narcotics and, and human rights and, and fighting uh, climate change. So 
it, what was interesting is that the the most divisive issue, which or the potentially most divisive issue, counter narcotics, was seen as one of many and appeared number four or five in a list of, of U.S. priorities. Um, the contrast, and I think the the part where you see a little bit of of tension, came out in. Um, the joint press conference um, while uh, Blinken was in the country, where um, Petro went on and on about um, the need to redistribute land that was currently lying fallow. Some of it had been confiscated from narco-traffickers as a way to tackle coca cultivation. His focus is very heavily on peasant farmers um, who grow coca. Uh, so, you know, the, the strong sense that, that repressive policies, um, forced eradication should not target poor farmers. Rather, it, there should be greater help for interdiction of drug shipments, um, more intelligence to go after the uh, drug capos, whether they're within Colombia or in the United States or elsewhere. Um, what I found notable was that Petro admitted the need for forced eradication um, in instances where coca is cultivated on an industrial scale. Um, one area of difference, um, or actually there were several. One is um, on uh, on Cuba, which the um, Colombian government has called on once again to help mediate or, or be the scene um, of peace talks between the Colombian government and the guerrillas of the ELN. Um, Petro called it an injustice, quote unquote, that Cuba was still listed by the United States as a state sponsor of terrorism. There were also differences about extradition, which has been an incredibly important tool um, uh, for prosecuting um, drug traffickers. Um, there is a um, a vague sense of, of total peace, of wanting to open negotiations with criminal groups, not just guerrilla groups, but criminal groups. And Petro, I think, um, indicated he would be opposed to extraditing people who had entered somehow this um, process of... Uh, of um, you know leaving the drug trade in exchange for judicial benefits, um, and uh, the final comment I'll make is that I, I felt very much that there was a collective sigh of relief um, among um, uh, traditional politicians, the private sector, that the visit seemed to have gone smoothly. This was reflected in a lead editorial um, in El Tiempo, Colombia's main newspaper yesterday, uh, that U.S.-Colombian relations um, remained solid. They were healthy. There were understandable differences on the approach to counter-narcotics, but that after Blinken left, um, there was a sense that, um, that that Petro was not simply upsetting the apple cart uh, and that everything that had gone before was going to be disrupted. So I'll stop there. Thanks so much, Cindy. I, I would agree entirely with that with that assessment, and I think there was a, a, a sigh of relief heard <laughs> among some policy communities, or at least those who follow uh, you know, Colombia affairs and, and Latin American affairs in general. Here, here in DC. Um, let's let's move on uh, to to our next expert. Um, after his Secretary Blinken 
uh, traveled to Chile, uh, where the focus was very different from what I could tell Francisco, heavily focused uh, really on, on the green energy transition, it seems. Is that an accurate account? And what do you see as the main outcomes of Blinken's October 5th visit? Yes, I agree, Margaret. So thank you, and thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, Secretary Blinken visited three left-wing governments, and Boric uh, represents sort of the new moderate and liberal left-wing government, and he has a strong emphasis on on committed to, to carbon neutrality. And there's a strong interest in renewables. Uh, lithium has been a, a big issue in Chile recently, or also green hydrogen. And uh, that was a key part of the of the agenda, certainly. Also, uh, the, the the coming twenty years of the free trade agreement signature. So there was a lot of emphasis on on uh, reinforcing trade and investments. Uh, you mentioned uh, the, the increasing role that China has had in the region in the past few years. I think that this visit was a no opportunity to to discuss how political uh, relations can can be built from, from from reinforcing trade and investment and focusing on on, on smart economic straight statecraft providing another large in Chile which is currently the long investment 40 percent of Chile to to China now with this uh, interesting is it in my opinion because um since our ambassador arrived in Santiago recently, September 13th, to assume chromatic delay. So to me, this was a good opportunity to sort of relaunch the bilateral relation and put an emphasis on, on tangible goods, which, as you said, are renewable energy, uh, trade investment. And I would also add to that um, the, the importance of, of human rights enforcement, which is a key part of of Gabriel Boric's foreign policy rhetoric overall. Um, the foreign affairs minister, Antonia Urrejola, she she's a former uh, Inter-American Human Rights Council uh, member of the, of the OAS, and have put a lot of emphasis on uh, being a, a modern left wing, which is very respectful of, of human rights and um, puts a lot of emphasis on strengthening democracy so there's a lot of overlap i would say between policy viewpoints and and the u.s administration this was a very very positive uh visage and that there's a lot of space for cooperation um i would say that um given in, in chile uh, as they constitute to to replace the car recently after more than a year of preparation in the uh, to me, Gabriel Boric has has used uh, international relations and its its position domestically. It's something that we saw recently in his visit to New York, while Lincoln was in Santiago. So I think it was a very positive uh, exchange for both for the for the U.S. and for Chile and their cooperation countries. Francisco, and I, I'm sure we'll have some follow up questions uh, on that particular. October, the one-day visit to Santiago. Um, let's move on to a uh, discussion of, of what happened in Peru. Um, Cynthia, most all of the highlights of, of Blinken's trip to Peru happened just yesterday, but could you give us a sense of how 
things with respect to any high-level meetings at the migration ministerial, for example, and then also any thoughts on, on what's the assembly of, of the Oregon American states? Sure. Thank you all for, for tuning in. Um, I would just reiterate something first that Cindy said at the beginning. I think this was a very notably different tone from the last time a U.S. Secretary of State visited uh, our region, and in particular, um, far less direct confrontational um, emphasis on China and much more on listening to what these countries need and want. Um, and I think it was very important that they visited these three countries that have been longtime U.S. allies, but have also moved uh, much more closely to China in, the, in recent decades, particularly Peru and Chile. I would second what Francisco said in terms of an emphasis on U.S., encouraging more U.S. opportunities for trade and investment in, in Chile, more green energy in Peru. Um, the fishing issue today, Blinken visited uh, some Chorrillos fishermen offshore and is going to announce a new initiative uh, with the U.S. supporting um, the ability to regulate uh, large-scale off illegal offshore fishing, and that's an issue I think that's sensitive up and down the Pacific coast, um, and larger issues of natural resource management as well as immigration. Um, in the area of human rights, I think it was particularly interesting that um, Blinken really focused on the close relationship with Chile, as Francisco said, with the foreign minister of Chile, and also with Peru, particularly Peru's foreign ministry. Peru and Chile have been distinct from other countries in the region in terms of their willingness to criticize Nicaragua, to take a stand against Maduro's abuses in Venezuela. And just this morning, Blinken met with um, foreign ministers uh, from across the region in an event hosted by Chile and Canada here in Peru to try once again to put forward a resolution about Nicaragua, which will probably not go forward, but it did kind of reinforce um, the alliance of countries concerned about that country as well as Venezuela. Uh, in the specific case of Peru, the issue of immigration of Venezuelans, we have over a million of them here as well, also came up. It was a source of discussion. The U.S. has pledged more support for the integration of um, Venezuelans in our, in our societies, which is a challenging issue for local politicians. And as with Chile, as Francisco said, I think in, in this case even more so, the Castillo administration, it, it, in spite of all of its internal turmoil, was able to show the rest of the region that it could pull off another one of these large-scale meetings successfully. And I think it really bolstered, to some extent, Castillo's image in the region um, because the opposition in Peru has been especially short-sighted, confrontational. Um, they organized you know, very reactionary conservative groups organizing marches in front of the OAS against some of, some of its more progressive liberal stands, uh, denying the president authorization to travel to visit European Union and the Vatican in the middle of the OSS meetings. And I think that has only helped Castillo's sort of in sense that, that the Peru administration is on the side of um, democracy and human rights. Peru has had a position that's a little more contradictory than Chile on Nicaragua, for example, while our foreign ministry has strongly supported uh, resolutions to criticize the Ortega administration. I understand that visas were not given to some Nicaraguans from Costa Rica to come here for this meeting because the Peruvian consulate wasn't in line with that. So there's been a little more contradiction. But I do think Peru and Chile, uh, the, the point of one, of, one of Lincoln's points was precisely to try and reinforce um, our alignment with the human rights agenda. And again, I just would say I think it's important that unlike Pence five years ago, um, Lincoln was not haranguing Latin America on how, who it should or should not relate to. It was it was really trying to put forward what the U.S. could offer and listening to what Latin Americans are concerned about. So in that sense, I agree it was a positive visit.
Yeah, I, I wonder from all of you, uh, just a question for everyone. Uh, both Cynthia and Cindy have mentioned, you know, uh, a, a sort of uh, change in tone, if not necessarily in substance across the board uh, or in, in the, the, the areas um, being highlighted, uh, although it does seem that there is more emphasis on some topics than others and, again, some variation across these these different countries that were visited. Um, but to what extent do you see uh, reactions or some recognition of, of this change in tone and in, in approach or lack of haranguing, as you mentioned? mentioned, uh, Cynthia, um, among the general population. Did, has there been anything to suggest, and of course this is all very recent, that um, that this particular meeting, this event, um, or these, these meetings and, and indeed the OAS meeting in, in Lima may have some effect on overall views of, of U.S. interest and, and policy in the region? And perhaps we could start with Cindy. Sure. I, I think, as you say, it's a bit early to tell, um, but public opinion polls um, have consistently shown that um, support and, and uh, positive evaluations of the United States um, really exist throughout the hemisphere um, and that China is viewed much more negatively. Um, and I think that uh, a lot of uh, the general population throughout the region, as in the United States, don't pay all that much attention to foreign policy issues particularly at a time of such economic hardship where bread and butter issues, you know, rising food prices, uh, inflation, all that are, you know, at the top of the agenda. But I would say certainly from the, the perspective of um, an attentive public in Colombia, um, this was seen very, very positively and uh, was a sign that the Biden administration is really working hard um, to maintain the longstanding relationship um, with uh, Colombia. Francisco, how, how did this all resonate in Chile? Uh, I agree with Cindy. I think that um, in the past few years, there's been sort of an expectation uh, from, from Latin American business elites and public opinion in general for a more proactive role in terms of uh, providing alternatives uh, of solutions, providing alternative public goods, providing opportunities for business. And while it's too soon to know if this has resonated in public opinion, I think that um, this is certainly the right approach. I think that this would would certainly uh, be seen positively much more than what uh, Cindy and, and Cynthia mentioned of the past visit, which was more on the side of using uh, a sort of uh, uh, negative enforcement mechanisms and, sang and threat threats and and uh, a, lot, a lot of preaching of what uh, Latin Americans should not do. I think in this in this opportunity there was more emphasis on on space for cooperation, uh, mutual opportunities, and uh, this will certainly create a lot of space for for um, for cooperation. I think this was a very positive meeting overall, and will positively and it will resonate in public opinion. Thank you. To that on Peru? Um, well, I think it's really too soon to tell. I mean, Blinken it just arrived um, last Wednesday night. Today he had yesterday he had the OAS, and today he's have, doing a series of visits that will be covered in the news later today, including the one to the to the fishermen uh, offshore. Um, I would add that in the case of Peru, China, the public opinion about China is not as negative as it is in other countries. China has been seen as a trading partner and as an important presence. We also have a very large Chinese immigrant population here. So I don't think Peruvians share that negative public opinion. 
And most, I would say, that the U.S. has been fairly absent in public opinion, and U.S. activity has not been very high profile in Peru. And this visit may or may not change that. It's, again, it's too soon to tell. Our media has been pretty focused internally on internal tensions, and, and we'll see what comes of it. But I think the bottom line will be after Blinken leaves, the, the promises of encouraging more investment, of opening more trade opportunities um, in non-traditional areas, uh, receiving more Peruvian exports as from the rest of the region, it remains to be seen. The U.S. has a series of other priorities and I think that will be more important than the photo opportunities, although they, they um, it'll be interesting to see what comes of them today. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Um, since you brought up China, um, and of course I have to ask a China-related question, just given my area of focus, but to what extent, uh, you know, do, do any of you feel that the U.S.-China competition shaped in some way the U.S. approach, Lincoln's, you know, approach specifically? Uh, in, in engagement with these three countries this, this week. Um, you know, certainly the U.S. delegation sought to underscore the importance of the OAS in, in advancing democracy and human rights, sustainable development, um, as well as the principles of, of the OAS Charter and, and the Inter-American Democratic Charter. Um, and then we see, of course, you know, a lot of activity in, in sectors, for example, renewable energy, green energy transition that China also has expressed considerable interest in and indeed invested in quite considerably across the region. Uh, to what extent should we view any of this as China related or not? Um, perhaps we will go in reverse order. How about Cynthia, any thoughts on that? Oh, I think absolutely China related. I just, I think it's smarter than the previous visit and I think this the, the Biden administration seems to have noticed that at least in South America, um, government leaders do not want to be patronized or told how bad it is to do business with China. I mean, Chile, Peru, Colombia are countries that have been dealing with China for years. Uh, and, you know, again, I think uh, trying to show that the U.S. is interested in investing in the same areas that China is very active in was important without necessarily China bashing, as, as, as I said before. Um, the areas of investment of energy, uh, it's no, it's no, <laughs> no surprise. Um, although China's way out ahead with Chile in that in that area, uh, I didn't hear much about infrastructure. And you know, the Chinese are very active in infrastructure, transportation infrastructure in Colombia, infrastructure here in Peru and, and Chile. And there wasn't been mention of that, perhaps because U.S. companies aren't really in that space very much. Um, there was some discussion of kind of sustainable, clean, transparent regulation of mining. Of course, mining is an area in which the U.S. is also active in, as well as China. So, But I do think that the China-U.S. tensions about the region shaped the agenda. On the human rights agenda, I think that there's a longer history there. As, you know, as Francisco mentioned, the foreign minister of Chile goes way back on issues of human rights in the region. And I think the OAS discussion has focused on human rights abuses in this region, Nicaragua, Venezuela, Cuba, and has really stayed away from discussing those in China, which there's not um, consensus in, in this part of the world. Thank you so much. Francisco, any thoughts? So there's been an emphasis in the meeting uh, between Blinken and Borg on, on highlighting the importance of, of uh, the U.S. Uh, assistance with, with vaccines and COVID vaccines. So uh, I would say that there's there was a sort of competition between the U.S. and China in terms of uh, which country was seen as Is anyone involved. hearing Francisco? Yes, I am. Oh. Yes, uh, I, I will finish my, my sentence and then uh, stop it there. Uh, in terms of which country was seen as the most cooperative in, in supplying vaccines uh, during the first months of the, of the pandemic, um, 
the U.S. was seen mostly as a very um, nationalistic and not willing to cooperate with with the needs of of Latin American countries while while China was. But in the end, that that relationship uh, sort of catched up, and and the U.S. made a strong commitment in helping Latin American countries with vaccines and supplies. And the U.S. embassy made a lot of uh, made a, a big effort in, in helping the, the former Chilean government in in supplying uh, vaccines, and that was highlighted. I think that's also uh, Cindy. Could you tell me when Francisco finishes? In which um, China was seen as a, as a provider of goods, and also the U.S. was provider of goods, and um, it's certainly an area in which both countries were sort of competing. Francisco emphasized a very important issue, the, the whole vaccine diplomacy um, competition in which China was way out ahead of the U.S. in the first round, in, particularly in Chile, in which most of the rapid vaccination in Chile was Chinese origin. But then the U.S. has come in to try and counter that with more donations and, and support for uh, the fight against COVID. And his work is really focused on that um, importantly. Sure. If I could, if I could weigh in, Margaret, um, on on your question, I mean, to me, yes. what was re- was remarkable um, is the way China explicitly did not figure at all, and I would probably agree with Cynthia that an important backdrop to this trip um, was the sense of competition between the United States and China uh, for um, for influence. Um, you've seen that. In, in efforts that have been much less successful in Latin America, for example, around the Summit of the Americas or Summits of Democracy, where there's an emphasis on, um, you know, on, on uh, Latin American support for democracy and human rights and shared values. Um, this was much more concrete. This was looking at the issues that are important um, to Latin American countries um, themselves that are also important to the United States and emphasizing um, what the United States has contributed and can contribute in the future um, uh, on these shares, shared areas of concern. So to me, it was just really striking um, that China didn't come up. Um, and um, uh, that that is a very big difference, I think, from the previous administration, even if, as we know, um, it is a, a central concern. It seems a lesson was learned about the importance of not making Latin America policy China policy, right, to indeed focus on issues that are of mutual interest to countries in, in the region and, and working together with countries in the region to formulate uh, priorities and then reinforce those over time. And this did come across as far more collaborative than what we've seen. Thank you all so much for your participation. A very, very big thanks to our experts and also to the Wilson Center Latin American program. Take care, everyone.